In episode three, we focused on Hoffa and the Kennedys, the blood feud. At the heart of any conversation about the Kennedys is the JFK assassination. And the question that has driven years of speculation and debate, was the murder of the president the act of a lone assassin, or was it a conspiracy? Before I met Robert Blakey, I already believed it was a conspiracy. After talking with him for two hours, I am now absolutely convinced. From WDIV and Graham Media, you're listening to Shattered Season 4, Hoffa. Today we bring you a special bonus episode about the Kennedy assassination. The question of conspiracy or not doesn't exactly fit into the Hoffa story. That's what Shattered Plus is for. Shattered Plus is our new membership program for fans who, well, just can't get enough Shattered. For only $3.99 a month, you get access to bonus episodes, ad-free episodes, and most of all, the satisfaction in knowing you're helping make this show possible. To enable us to keep diving deep on future seasons of Shattered, go to our website, shatteredpodcast.com, and click on the Shattered Plus link. And by the way, thanks. November 22, 1963. Lee Harvey Oswald fires three shots from a sixth-floor window of the Texas School Book Depository. The FBI investigates. The Warren Commission, a panel put together by President Lyndon Johnson, reviews evidence gathered by the FBI. They conclude the assassination was the act of a lone gunman. Case closed. Fast forward to 1976. Congress creates the HSCA, that's the House Select Committee on Assassinations. Their job is to review the conclusions of the Warren Commission. A young lawyer named Robert Blakey serves as chief legal counsel. I read the Warren Commission's report, and I was persuaded with it at the time. And I don't think there was a conspiracy in, involving organized crime or anybody else. It was Oswald alone. But once Blakey began a deep dive into the assassination, he was fairly shocked at the evidence found in the original investigation, or the lack of it. Well, first of all, shooting the president in 1963 was a Texas crime. Not a federal crime. Not a federal crime. It was a federal crime to kill a U.S. Marshal, an FBI or Treasury agent, a prison guard, an enlisted member of the Coast Guard, but it was not a federal crime to kill the president. In 1965, Congress acted to close that little loophole by passing into law House Bill 6097, which made it a federal crime to kill the president of the United States. Now, if you think that all sounds crazy, try this on. The only reason the FBI had jurisdiction to investigate the assassination was that the bullets that hit the president also hit the car he was riding in, which was owned by the government. And the only crime, federal crime, associated with that was destruction of government property. When they shot the the two bullets that hit the window was destruction of government property. And that's the little point on which they constructed a total investigation of who killed Kennedy. That seems ridiculous. 
yeah, but you, you got to be a lawyer to, to understand. <laughs> to understand <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's illegal, illegality, a technicality. So the FBI's Department of Damaged Property was the lead investigative unit in the Kennedy assassination. They pushed out the Secret Service. They pushed out the DEA and Army Intelligence, and they pushed out all of the people in Dallas, the Sheriff's Department and the Police Department. We can come back later. They knocked all of them out. So it was the FBI only. By FBI only, he means only the division of the FBI that investigates destruction of government property. Now keep in mind, the FBI had lots of information about organized crime in America because they'd been using illegal bugs and wiretaps for years. But that's another story. For now, the important point is that within the Bureau, left hand never spoke to right hand. Because it was in the section that was investigating destruction of property, they didn't talk to the head of the organized crime section. To make an incomplete investigation worse, FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover wanted the case closed quickly. They were aiming directly at the president. This is a recording of FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover talking to then-President Lyndon Johnson. There's no question about that. This, this telescopic lens which I had looked through, it brings a person as close to you as if they were sitting right beside you. And we also have tested the fact that you could fire those three shots were fired. In 2017, the government released thousands of documents related to the assassination. Among them was a memo written by Hoover on November 24, 1963. That's two days after the assassination. It's the day Jack Ruby shot and killed Lee Harvey Oswald. There is Lee Oswald. He's been shot. He's been shot. Lee Oswald has been shot. In the memo, Hoover says, quote, there is nothing further on the Oswald case except that he is dead. Hoover further writes that he is concerned about having something issued so, quote, we can convince the public that Oswald is the real assassin, end quote. There's been some stories going around the papers and so forth that... Uh, Hoover went on to say that there could be what he called serious international complications if people think Oswald was part of a larger plot. Now, a conspiracy theorist might suggest the investigation is starting to smell like a cover-up. That must have been more than one man, but because no one man could fire those shots from the time that they were fired. We've just proved that by the actual test that we've made. It's not clear from the memo if Hoover thought there was a conspiracy, but didn't want the public to know, or if he really believed that Oswald had acted alone. What Hoover did is he got a shooter investigation, and, and it was also clear. And he Case closed. We're done. Let's go home. That's exactly what he said. Let's go home. And then when the commission people came in, he wanted the he didn't want a commission. What he wanted is a press release based on, on his report that it was single shooter. Well, he didn't get that press release. President Lyndon Johnson also wanted the investigation wrapped up quickly. He didn't want to talk about a possible conspiracy during his campaign for president in 1964. 
This is our challenge, not to hesitate, not to pause, not to turn about and linger over this evil moment, but to continue on our course so that we may fulfill the destiny that history has set for us. Johnson had created the Warren Commission just one week after JFK's murder, mostly as a demonstration of a thorough investigation. But he put the same pressure on the commission that he had put on Hoover. Wrap it up quickly. And I think Johnson privately thought there was a conspiracy in which probably the anti-Castro Cubans were involved. Do you think Johnson pressured the commission? Yes, yes. He pre and the chief justice pressured the people. Finish up. Supreme Court Chief Justice Earl Warren headed up that seven-member panel, and he had his own reasons to hinder the investigation. Warren did not allow Kennedy's autopsy photos or x-rays to be introduced as evidence, citing as his reasons a request from the Kennedy family. So you have an incomplete investigation wrapped up quickly with the primary goal of convincing people there was no conspiracy. Let's talk about evidence eyewitnesses. A guy on the overpass said there were four shots, and then they said the first one missed, the second one hit. After a little bit, another shot came from the grassy knoll, and he saw a puff of smoke. One witness certainly does not undermine the conclusions of the Warren Commission, but there were many people who told authorities about hearing four shots and seeing a flash and a puff of smoke coming from a concealed position on the grassy knoll. The people on the grassy knoll not only saw it, they smelled smoke. Dozens of people in Dealey Plaza that day offered similar eyewitness accounts. The witnesses in the plaza who said a shot came from the grassy knoll were passed off by the Warren Commission as not credible. It turns out that three of those people who you would likely consider reliable witnesses, were in the lead car of the motorcade. Far Souls, head of the Secret Service, the chief of police, and the county sheriff, they all said a shot came from the grassy knoll. There was even testimony dismissed by the commission from a Secret Service agent who had been with the president's car. Here's what he told the Warren Commission. I saw one shot behind me and one shot off to the right. So you have very, you can't say none of them are credible. In 1976, the HSCA brought in acoustical experts to review audio evidence that had been rejected by the Warren Commission. A recording of radio transmissions from police officers in Dealey Plaza that afternoon. Now remember, the official conclusion had been that the only shots fired that day were three rifle shots from that sixth floor window. I figured they'd give us three shots and it would, you know, support the Warren Commission. It didn't. They had four shots on it. And one shot was from the grassy knoll. Those conclusions were quickly and aggressively attacked by supporters of the lone gunman theory. 
And then the committee's investigation took a new turn. The American mafia emerged as a suspect. We did a, a conspiracy investigation, uh, a serious one, asking, did the Soviet Union do it? Did the anti-Castro Cubans do it? Did the pro-Castro Cubans do it? I mean, did Cuba do it? And then did the mob do it? And we began to get active notions of, about the mob. Notions like Jack Ruby's interactions with the number two guy in the Dallas mob, Joe Campisi. Ruby wasn't in the mafia, he was a wannabe. Yet he and Campisi were close enough that Campisi visited him in prison after the Oswald murder. This made the committee look closely at their relationship. There is the day of the assassination. Uh, Ruby is in his sister's apartment and he gets a telephone call. He takes that call and then he immediately goes in the bathroom and throws up. Speculation now. That's Campisi telling Ruby that our effort to kill Oswald on the scene failed. You've got to now go get him in the police station. You've got access. This is a supposed call. There's only inferences for this. It's not necessarily true. But an inference that intrigued the HSCA enough to investigate the mob and those connected. What also became clear to the committee, and probably most disturbing, was that back in 1963, both the FBI and the CIA withheld key information from the Warren Commission. Hoover knew what happened, Oswald alone, and every question beyond that got a bureaucratic answer. What was the exact shape of your question? You got exactly that back. Nothing was volunteered. Both agencies had neglected to mention that they had been watching Lee Harvey Oswald for months, that Oswald had relationships with intelligence officials in Russia and in Cuba, that the CIA had partnered with members of organized crime in secret plots to overthrow or assassinate Fidel Castro. The question becomes, is the omission of truth the same as a lie? Did the CIA cover up? The answer is yes. Why did they cover up? Was it to cover up their own incompetence? Or was it to cover up their possible participation? And only they know that. Will we ever get all of the answers to what happened and why on that fateful November afternoon in Dallas? Not likely, which is why it's vitally important to keep asking questions. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode of Shattered. See you next time.